blood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Philippi, Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, you'll find these recorded words. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 10. That I may know him. And the power. Of his resurrection. I want to talk about. Let's get intimate. Let's get intimate. Let's get intimate with Jesus. When we talk about intimacy, we're talking about a knowledge of, talking about knowing. We're talking about epignosis. We're talking about accurate knowledge. It doesn't have anything to do with physical intercourse. When we talk about knowing, we're talking about intimacy. I submit to you that there are a lot of folk at local church USA that don't have a clue about who Jesus really is. I can tell you a little bit that I have read about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whom I love, appreciate, and respect, but I don't know him. I know about him. And knowing about him does not mean that I know him. And when we talk about let's get intimate, we're talking about not a thereabout knowledge. 
oh, well, maybe I may have met him somewhere in Chicago in 1965, or maybe I may know their grandmother. That ain't nothing. When we talk about intimacy, we're talking about an accurate knowledge of. We're talking about knowing someone beyond calling their name. That I may know him is what the apostles' hearts cry was. I want to know him. I don't want to just know about him. I, I, I want to know him. And see, when you know someone in an intimate way, and when I talk about intimacy, I'm talking about knowing that person's of the essence of that person or what makes that person that person. Not just hearing about somebody. You know, you know oftentimes as we go through life, and we have heard of somebody's good name. And then we finally meet them for the first time. Oftentimes we'll say something like, you know, I've heard about you. Certainly nice to meet you. My name is Fred. It's not just enough to know about Jesus Christ. It is greater to know him. And see, when you, when you know about somebody, that's one thing. But when you know that person, then nobody is so apt or able to come into your presence and destroy that person's good name. Because they say, oh, no, 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 I don't, mm -mm. I don't agree with that analysis that you have of that person. Because I don't know them that way. I don't know them that way. As a matter of fact, we have coffee together. We, we have fellowship together. And see, this is, what, this is what Paul was crying out. I don't just want to know the Jesus I heard about. I don't want to just know the Jesus that I met on the road to Damascus. I don't want to just know, know, know the Jesus that, that I persecuted on the other side. Before I met him on the road to Damascus, I was persecuting him. As a matter of fact, I was running a persecution scam against him when I met him on the road to Damascus. And Paul is saying that, that I don't just want to know about Jesus. I want to know him. I remember when I met the Lord years ago, it was in my heart. To not be like the Christians I used to party with. To not be like the folk I used to smoke dope with. That was on their way to church with their choir robe in their car. And I said to myself, I don't want to be one of them. Why would I want to be one of them? I want to know what is between Genesis and Revelation. And not only that, I want to know the author of the book. I want to know him so well until nothing and no circumstance in my life can make me doubt him. I want to be able to stand up anywhere and say, that's the Lord. Or to be able to stand up anywhere and say, that's not the Lord. Paul here in his writing to the church 
at Philippi. And this ninth verse says, and be found of him. Let me start in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. In other words, all I thought I knew. When I was persecuting the church, when I was off on that other side over there, persecuting all that was calling upon the name of Jesus Christ. Paul says in verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Paul spoke 14 different languages. My goodness. How can you speak 14 different languages and end up writing 14 books in the New Testament and don't know who you're writing about? How can we go to these beauty shops and barbershops and in these Sunday school classes and in the places that we work and we know a little bit about him, but we don't know him? Paul says those things that I counted as gain, I end up counting them loss simply because it all end up being a pack of doo-doo. Oh, I'm sorry to get so personal. That's what dong is. Paul has said, so all my degrees and all the things I thought I knew when I met Jesus, I counted all that doo-doo. I ain't know nothing like I should have known it. How can, I, how can I know something like I ought to know it and I don't even know the creator? Think about it. Do you know your creator? The Alpha and Omega, the one who made you who is. We need to get deeper in our knowledge of Jesus. And I didn't say book knowledge. Because there's some folk that can quote some scripture and cuss you out of this other side of their mouth while they're talking. It's some folk that can quote some scripture and lie to you at the same time. Paul said, I got my priorities right. And, and the way that I did it is that what things were gained to me, all my education, all of that, those I counted loss for Christ. So if you're putting your degrees above God's son, you don't know nothing. <laughs> Paul says, you don't know a thing. Verse Eight, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dong, doo-doo, that I may win Christ. Paul says, I want to know him so well until nothing can make me doubt him. Even if I'm waiting on him to pay that card note, he may not come when I want him. But my knowledge with him and, and my understanding of him and my walking with him and my talking with him has already educated me to the fact he's going to show up. He's going to show up. And when he shows up, he's going to be my sufficiency. Can I get a witness in here? In verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness or something I have to work for to maintain with him, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness 
which is of God by faith. Paul says it's by faith that I met Jesus. It's by faith that I know Jesus. And it's by faith that I want to know more about him. I want to get intimate with him. And see, when you talk about intimacy and you talk about uh, even a marriage situation, that man knows where that bump is on that butt. It's intimate. It ain't something that I ain't never seen before. It's something that I know. It's something that's there. It's something that's been explained to me. And see, oftentimes we think intimacy is intercourse physically. It's not. It's getting to know you better. Now you know, if you say certain things to John Edda, you better duck because a skillet coming. And see, when you, when you know people and you, you know them beyond the name that's on their driver's license, that tells me at some point you got intimate. At some point, somebody shared something with you that's not general knowledge for everybody. Can I get a witness at the church? Ain't that something? They say all that I've learned when I met Christ all that I've learned up to that point and looking back on all my degrees ain't nothing but doo-doo. But Paul here is so encouraged that he met Jesus until now he wants to know him better. He wants to know more about him. And that's why God was able to use Paul to write so many books and to get so much revelation, when you just think about it, it wasn't Peter. It wasn't James. It was Paul that God used the metaphor of the human body to describe the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. He said, we got many members, but one body. What was he talking about? He was talking about his own body. The body ain't just a head. The body just ain't the fingers. The body just ain't the toes. It take all of that to make the body up. Paul said, man, I'm so hungry for God until I want to know him so well until nothing can cause me to second guess him. Paul says, I want to get intimate with God. I want to, I want to get intimate. This, this trial that that I'm going through has allowed me an opportunity to get intimate and to be drawn closer to him through the struggle and to interface with a lot of thoughts and ideas that the devil brings to tell me that God doesn't love you. To tell me that, that, that God has abandoned you. To tell me that this is the second part of your life now. And the rest of your days you're going to have to go through struggling. I say you are a lie. You are a lie. I may not understand all that's going on with me. But I tell you one thing. I know that God loves me. I know, I know that he loves me. And there is nothing that's going to go on in my life. It's going to cause me to doubt him. When we talk about let's get intimate. 
We're talking about let's get up close and personal. Jesus said, now, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And they don't follow strangers. So no matter what you're going through today, no matter what the challenge may be against your faith, you ought to have a heart that says, listen, I want to know him. I don't want to know more, more about him. I want to know him in a more intimate way. Is there anybody here? Knowing Jesus is an awesome privilege. It, it is an awesome privilege when nobody can come to you and make you doubt him. It, it is an awesome privilege from the flow up to the neck up. That no matter what's going on, I may not understand it, but Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Not only for my salvation, but for everything, even the bread and butter on my table. I trust you. I may not know all that's going on with me, but one thing I do know, I'm your child. And I'm your child by the new birth. So it was not just enough for Paul to meet Jesus on the road to Damascus. It would be enough for him, the balance of his days, to be drawn closer to the Lord and to realize that whatever is going on, y'all still here? Come on, I don't, 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 don't push brother over the edge now. It's a part of me that's still cussed. So I figure, okay, you won't hear this, you hear that. <laughs> Sitting all up here trying to act a ditty on Sunday. I got something up here for you. Some of y'all right now are dealing with circumstances in your life that if you're not careful will make you doubt God. I'm serious when I say I want to know him. And I want to know him so well. It makes my days better. It makes my life brighter. It causes hope to be realized and faith to be released. That I may know him. I may, see, I may not ever know you because you funny acting. You go through a lot of changes. I don't know who I'm meeting on Wednesday. But aren't you glad that you ought to be able to say Jesus Christ the same yesterday and Jesus Christ the same today and Jesus Christ the same tomorrow? He is God and he does not change. If he says something, he means it. And he has the power to perform it. Somebody say to the Lord, let's get intimate. So now, now wait a minute. Say that, say that again. Say, say it again. That, that means then that I want you to know me. I want you to know me. Just like I'm striving to know you. And you see, when, when, you, when you have that kind of relationship with God, you want God to be able to say about you the same thing he said about Abraham. What did he say about Abraham? I know Abraham. That he will command his children. That's what God said about Abraham. 
that he's not a lackluster, lackluster daddy. He will command his children. God says, I know him. And guess what? Abraham knew him. Does God know you? That's a question. I like that song by Leonard. He knows my name. Man, that's a beautiful song. He knows my name. Goodness. He know the Chibis, the Chidis, the Robins, the Mockingbirds, and Fred. He knows me. Now there are some group of folks that tell you God is too big to know you. That's a lie. Jesus said, I know Fred. And on the road to Damascus, what did he say? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Am I right about it? When he got in church with Ananias, he said that Saul is coming. Man, God knows your name. All right, now. Getting intimacy, getting intimate with God and his intimacy says to me that there's nothing going on in my life that God doesn't know. Uh, that there's nothing that would ever go on with me that God doesn't know. So that should give me confidence in my prayer life, confidence in my tithes and offerings, confidence in my love for my neighbor and for my enemies, knowing that my labor is not in vain. I'm freed up to love you. Oh yeah, I'm freed up to love you. I ain't need to be concerned about what happens when I love you. I'm just supposed to love you and leave the results up to God. Amen. If he told me to love you, then that's what I need to be about. Not Saying, I can't love you because you did this to me. What have I done to God? Man, you ain't got nothing in your life that you've done to him that caused him to be hating on you. Knowing Jesus is an awesome privilege that I may know him. Watch this. And the power of his resurrection. Wait a minute. You mean he got up from the dead? He sure did. How do you know that? Because he lives in me. Paul is saying, I, matter of fact, I know that he got up because I met him for myself. Are there any living witnesses in this room that can declare I know that he lives because I met him for myself. Whether it was on a Wednesday, whether it was on a Sunday, whether it was on a Saturday night, whatever it was, I met him for myself. I'm getting ready to come to your house now. They're trying to pull and drag me to Sunday school. I ain't going. Is that right? They're trying to drag me to night church. I ain't going. Is that right? You're trying to drag me to the prayer summit. I ain't going. Is that right? Well, how in the hell are you going to get to know him? At what point in your life are you going to put Jesus on your schedule? Huh? 
I do my studying at my house. You know, it's very important for me even watch tonight. I ain't coming back to church. God I need to be with my family. All that old foolishness you got going on right up in your head ain't adding nothing to you. That's why we the body. Now, moving right along. I want to know him. And I want to know him better. Come on now. I'm coming to your house. You know, sometimes you can be just a person that's not pleasant to be around. You may know one of them. Just unpleasant to be around. And why you all unpleasant to be around? You can hear the Lord saying, now, you know what? You shouldn't be acting that way. But sometimes flesh gets so out of control until it tells the Lord, you better stop talking to me. I don't need to hear that. I need to cuss four times right here, right now. Because this is the person I've been trying to get to, period. And I want to let them know exactly how I feel. Lord say, no, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't me. That, that's not me. As he is, so are we in this world. How is he? He loved his enemies. How is he? He forgave those that persecuted him. The problem in this generation is that we think too much and do too less. All right, now, I know you've been listening. God bless your heart. And I know I've been talking. And I know that the Lord is saying what he wants to say up in here. And all of us ought to be glad. Because it's time to get intimate. See, if I'm intimate with Jesus, I'm not going to be ugly with you. I ain't, ain't going to be ugly with you. Not if I'm intimate with him. I'm not going to. What? It's a contradictory of testimony. I'm raised up to be a blessing to you. You raised up to be a blessing to me. And, and we should love our enemies just simply because we can make a cupcake. We can be sweet when we get ready. We, we can act real nice when we want to. When, when people see the Lord in us, it changes them. Now, let's run some scripture. You ready? Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's get intimate. I know you want to get intimate with the Lord. I know that you want your heart's desires to be what he desires out of his own heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Praising him will get the blessing on up into the house. <laughs> Praising God will get an elephant in Volkswagen. Ain't no blessing too big for you if you just get off that high horse you own and get to know the Lord. When you, when you really get to know him, ain't nothing going to stand in your way of a blessing. When you really get to know him, then your ears are attached in the right place and you can hear his voice. Amen? All right, let's run some scripture. Ephesians chapter 1, are you there? Verses 17 through 23. If you have it, say, I have it. 
verse 17 through 23. Let's read. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. God has put the devil under our feet. Y'all to shout right there. Cause I, I say God has put the devil under our feet. And God has exalted us above every situation that will ever come against us in life. What is our part? To rejoice evermore. To rejoice without ceasing. To rejoice because the power of God resides in his people. So whatever the enemy comes with is already defeated. Hallelujah. It's already defeated. What if it's already defeated? It's not going to take nothing away from my joy. Nothing. I'm to act like I got it together. I'm to act like God got it together. I'm to act like I'm redeemed. I'm to act like I got the victory. I'm a good actor. I'm a good actor. So the eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of his calling. He didn't call me to be defeated. He didn't call me for the devil to be running all uh, roughshod in my life. God didn't call me for that. He called me to victory. That whatever is going on with you today, Christ has already given you. Could I just shortcut it and say, we always win? Amen. How can you be a loser and the one who made everything is in you? The reason we can't get the message out that we got the victory is because we're talking about everything else. And when it comes to raw life and rare life, it's hard to find folk to talk about life. I know it is. So getting the message out that you got the victory is something that a lot of people don't want to hear because they want to talk about messy mamie. And they want to talk about everything else except victory. I don't want nobody around me in my ear talking about defeat. He has put all these things under our feet. And has given us the victory over everything that comes against our faith. It's the trying of your faith that worketh patience. This trial you're going through, man, that thing ain't going to last forever. It hasn't been with you forever, right? If it has not been with you forever, then why do you think it's going to last forever? I tell you why it can sit there forever. Because you don't bother it. Anything that come to tap in your life and mess it up, bother it. Bother it. Say, how did you get here? 
What door did you come through? Who let you in here? However you got in here, you, you, you ain't staying. However you got in my life, you're not staying. I am evicting you officially in the awesome name of Jesus. Say then you gotta go. You ain't robbing me no more of my joy. You ain't taking my peace away from me. Whatever this problem is, get out. And get out now in the name of Jesus. Now what you're hearing right now, you call that managing your own life. You got to manage it. Which means whatever you don't want in there, get it out. In the name of Jesus. Got to manage your life. And you, you got you to gotta not be afraid to manage it. It needs to be managed. Got a problem up in there you didn't invite in there. Get it out. It's time to get serious about your life because you're not coming back this way no time soon. Is this helping anybody? Philippians chapter 3. Go back there. Philippians chapter 3. Tell your neighbor it's time to get intimate. In Philippians chapter 3, key in on verse 8. You've already been down that road. Let's go again. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Who is he? My Lord. He's my Lord. He's my Adonijah. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dong that I may win Christ. Man, listen. If I was just what you call an ordinary preacher, you know, just, just an ordinary preacher, that's all I want to be, just a preacher. Man, I ain't never just wanted to be an ordinary nothing. Even when I was a thief, I wanted to be the best one on Texas Street. I said, now, I got Jesus. I got Jesus, listen. But I need for him to help me. got him I need for him to have more of me how die Fred die you don't cuss enough people out just die so you can win I ain't got no help in here die so you can win you don't have to have the last word let God have the last word and your death is your victory All I think I need to do is leave that mess alone with you. That's all. When I die, I win. But as long as I and you and, and wait just a minute, let me tell you a thing or two. No, just be quiet. Die. I don't have to tell you nothing. I need to let my light so shine before you so that you can see my good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. I don't have to have the last word because I found out in reading this Bible, God got the last word. God got the last word. Hmm. Ain't that something? I need for somebody to be able to see the awesome intimacy 
that I had with Lord. It goes like this. You, you, did you see him him just walk away from that and he didn't he, he just stopped talking? Did did you did you see that? He just walked away. You just saw the moving of a winner. <laughs> Back in the day they used to say it like this. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Am I right about it? And don't entertain a fool according to his folly. So a wise man or a wise woman, just walk away. You don't have to win the argument. The argument has already been won. That's why Jesus gave you the victory over it. Let's move on. Y'all still here? 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Go back to your left. 1 Corinthians 15 and 34. Praise God. If any one person having fun and blessedness in the church today is moi. 1 Corinthians 15.34 1 Corinthians 15.34 You'll find these consecrated words. The Bible says Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Why they don't have the knowledge? Because you ain't told nobody nothing. You ain't told nobody about Jesus. Tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 2, 4. 1 John 2 and 4. Awake to righteousness. What is right? What is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to do toward other people? Don't focus on the bad that they've done against you. Focus on the right that you've been called to do toward them. And see that right there? It will get a whole lot of you out of a whole lot of trouble if you just do what you know is right. Don't be waiting for them to do what is right toward you. You do what is right toward them. Awake to righteousness. Wake up. You know what is right to do. Do it. Huh? What you waiting for? First John. That's what you waiting for. Chapter 2 and verse 4. Are you there? 1 John chapter 2. And key in if you will. On verse 4. Now the reason I keep saying this. Because. There we go. 1 John 2 and 4. If you didn't say I have it. Now. Read verse 4. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Well, wait a minute. What? Then, then that, that's telling me then. He that saith I know him. Somebody say I know him. And keepeth not his commandments. What are his commandments? To love one another. Now, now wait just a minute. You say you love God. Yeah. Have you ever seen him? No. Well, you don't, you don't love me? You haven't seen God, but you see me, but you don't love me, but you say you love him and you've never seen him. What does it mean to keep his commandment? It means to walk in love. It means to love you, irrespective or in spite of. That's the least that we can do. 
In getting intimate with God means I'm going to have to maintain my intimacy, all things being equal, with you. Verse 17. 4 and 17. 1 John 4 and 17. That's why, man, I love loving my enemies. I really do. I take time to do that. Because if they never change, that's all right. I just need to make sure they don't change me. And see, if I get to the point where I stop loving them, I have allowed them to change me. And it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't have time to fall out of love with Jesus. Because he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Is Jesus the best thing? <laughs> that ever happened to you? That 17th verse, 1 John chapter 4, herein is our love made perfect. Now you're talking about love getting mature. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Oh man, that right there, you can't, you can't find another scripture. The scripture does not compete with one another. It completes one another. So that tells me then in this 17th verse, herein is our love made perfected that we may know that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as Jesus is, so are we in this love, in this world. In verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. It sounds like this. I ain't scared to love you. I ain't scared of loving you. And I'll tell you why I'm not scared of loving you. Because perfect love casts out fear. So while I'm in bondage and talking about, well, you know, I done tried to love you before. I've shown you love before. I bought you a gift before. I was kind to you before. I extended myself to you before. Man, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. You are raising an argument that you will never be able to win because you're basing that upon what you did the last time. I don't know about what you did the last time. What you going to do by loving me this time? So then are you saying that God stopped loving you because you did a certain thing that he was not pleased with? I don't think so. Love is shown to mature when we love one another. That's the commandment. You can always find somebody you can fall out with. But can you find somebody you can fall in love with? Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever, ever done. I'm serious. When I love you, I'm loving him because I'm loving you because of him. My singing may be off, but my, my heart ain't. It's not. So then... Herein is love. Not that we love him. 
but that he loved us. And when I think about the Lord loving me, I have to ask a question, for what reason? Because God is love. And if God so loved me, I ought to also so love you. So when we talk about let's get, let's get intimate with the Lord, then what I'm talking about is pulling down any barrier that will cause me to not love you. Man, something was said right there. To pull down any barrier that will cause me to not love you is what I need to be tearing down. I'm not supposed to be sitting over here making excuses and, and to try to show 15 people why I don't love you and you see why I don't love him or love her is because this is what they did and this, man, listen, grow the heck up. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. You know why? Because I say it doesn't. Not that I have to prove it. But that doesn't mean anything to me. That excuse for not loving you doesn't mean anything to me. It's, it's not quality reasoning. When I think about all of God's love that he has extended toward me, how dare me not extend love toward you? To whom much is given, much is required. As I mature in the things of the Lord, I have found out that I have no biblical reason to not love you. That's what I found out. Y'all still here? See, we want to talk about, let's get in with the Lord. Let's get in with Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, so you intimate with him why you ain't speaking to me. Huh? And you know one of the most stupid things that Christians can interface with is she said that you said that they said that this is what you said about me. You mean to tell me you taking time to go and get all that mess just to have an excuse for not loving me? And if you know me, you love me. Because after all, I'm probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I'm going to make sure that you understand that I'm probably one of the nicest guys that you're going to meet. I'm not messy, Freddie. Anybody in here want to be loved? Uh uh, that's too low on the register. Is there anybody in here that wants to be loved? Within love. Huh? Just love. Why, why is it that people can only get our love when they do something? Huh? Oh, you can only get my love when you show me some love. Is that right? Yeah. You don't open the door for me. I ain't going to open the door for you. So now what are we doing right here? See, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Y'all listening? If you got the love of God in you, it has to go first. Mm -hmm. Told you something, didn't If you have the love of God in you, it has to go first. In other words... It's not a question 
as about uh, you know the relevancy of who's going to open the door. No, who was there first? Some people talk about no, but you, no, you go. No, no, you go. No, no you go. No, no, listen. We ain't gonna have that on me. You open the door, I'm out of here. Mature love is loving someone that don't deserve it. True love is loving someone who didn't even ask for it. True love is just loving because that's the nature of what love is. It's love and that's what it does. It loves. Why? Because God is love. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, Let's get to that place where we can call ourselves mature. Can we go there right quick? Can we go there right quick? I know some of y'all want me to be quiet, but you all to know by now, that's not going to happen no time soon. Because it's very important that we love one another. It's very important that we forgive one another. It's very important that we are here for one another. In order for that to happen, we got to get intimate. What did I say? 1 Corinthians 15? 15 what? 1 Corinthians 15, 51? Okay. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's the body of Christ. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound... And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Am I right about it? Verse 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I say thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're not on the other side over there where we're going. But I tell you one thing that is over there, our name. Uh-huh. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life and cannot be erased. We've been washed in the blood of the crucified one and cannot be lost. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed by the blood of the crucified one. So my walking in love towards you over here is just for a moment. Me forgiving you for your trespasses against me just for a moment. Whatever is going on right now, just for a moment. It's just for a moment. So I need to manage my life to the point that I love you just for a moment. Because the time will come if the Lord delays his coming that we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound. See, 
when we talk about knowing him and when we talk about maturing in love and we talk about forgiving one another how come we can't do that for a moment don't let nobody get between you and God and your brothers and your sisters nobody cause what we are in doing right now is just for a moment just for the twinkling of an eye we can love for a minute it, it should have been a, a loud amen we, we can love for a minute one last thing I'm not by any means through but one last thing if I'm going to look like Jesus after the battle is over I need to get started now so everything that everybody has done towards you that you don't like and that you are holding that from them I need to ask you a question why why are you withholding forgiveness and you've been forgiven see when I spend time loving Jesus when I know him so well until nothing can make me doubt him then ain't nothing you're going to be able to do to me to make me not love you. If I'm going to be made conformable unto his death, then I need to allow the Holy Spirit within me to go ahead and love you, to go ahead and forgive you, to be able to make peace with you. And as much as lieth within me, according to this Bible, I'm to make peace with you. That means whatever it takes for me to make peace with you, as much as lie within you, I'm supposed to be about that. I'm going to tell you what mess up stuff when you get other people involved. Sound like this. Girl, ain't no way. And then I ain't going to be no fool. I ain't going to let nobody play me. They did that like me. They did that against me. They don't like me and all this. Listen, all that's noise. All that's not. What should we be about? Loving one another. Forgiving one another. That's intimacy. That's intimacy on a level uh, into a, 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 a place where a lot of people have not yet gotten to. It's some folk 85 years old that went to the grave hating Clara. How can you be 85 getting ready to die and still holding on to animosity? It has to be affecting that person's life to the point that they're not even able after 85 years to forgive. What church they been to? What Bible have they been reading? We quit. We need to quit trying to reason why we should love this person out of all they've done. Uh-uh. It ain't hard. Just look at your own life and what you've done against God. And ask yourself... How hard is it for him to love you? This word today ought to set a lot of people free. It ought to set a lot of you free that came in here in bondage. Thank God for the one clapper. Amen. You still here?
These messages um, are designed by the Holy Spirit to be so clear into where we are and where we live in today until you have to pay somebody to help you misunderstand this. Because to not walk in love is to not walk in forgiveness. And to not walk in forgiveness means then that at some point you, you missed it. And God doesn't want you to miss it. That's why he's made it so plain that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What, what makes me feel real good about life and the life that I have been given in Christ is to know that he loves me even though this person may not love me. God loves me. And he's saying to me, if you're going to get intimate with me, you got to learn how to love me. And if you're going to get intimate to the point that you love those that don't love you, that you love those that despitefully use you, then in order for you to do that, you're going to have to love me like I love you. Let that marinate for a minute. Because there are some people at this church will tell you how much they love me. Because I'm the pastor. But they show stumble and their words get twisted when they're trying to tell you how much they love you. Because they don't. So that raises a question with me. Have I been to your house lately? Did I bring you a pizza? What have I done differently than the people that you don't love at this church? To make you love me. Nothing. So that tells me then that we love people by choice. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you love me. I really am. And you need to know I love you. That's why I labor in these scriptures. But when it comes to loving Period. You're going to say you love your thumb, but you hate your big toe, so bring the hatchet? How did you fall so in love with your little finger and hate your big toe? And the only thing your toe has been is holding you up. Do you know how capable you would be able to walk from here to your car without your big toe? Do you think you can effectively make it from your seat to your car? Without your big toe? Your big toe balances your whole body. So God is saying, don't only just focus on the love you have for your big toe, but also your pinky. And don't just love the pinky, love the fingers on your hand. Love your elbows and your wrists. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. Love God. Love people. Now the question is, will I do his will and answer? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. 
Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you say those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible... You pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.